are we doing this again? But they're the ones also, I think, that can make you grow the most. So this is the last week. Just a little uh, foreshadowing of what's happening next two weeks. Next week, um, my really good friend, and also he's kind of like your part-time pastor now, Matt Smith will be here. Uh, he'll be here teaching us from the stage next week. And then um, I'll be here, but I'm going to be doing some stuff later in the week. I need to have someone fill in. So he's going to be a great uh, guest with us. And then after that, we're going to start a series on Proverbs the following week. And I've titled it Wisdom for Idiots. So you should like that. Okay. All right. So um, Luke chapter 15. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to read um, at your tables again. So just one last time, read 11, verse 11 through 32, all the way through. Just one person per table read. And uh, go. Read. Go ahead. Everyone's good. Okay, good. All right. Uh, one thing I forgot to do is I, had to, I need to introduce a couple of people in the room. So listen up before I move on. I need to introduce a couple of people. Um, I've been on a search, uh, just continuing to um, get more and more leaders involved here. And so I want to introduce to you two brand new leaders that you'll be seeing around here quite a bit. And uh, one is for the freshman girls, and her name is Erin. Where's Erin? Can she stand up? She's right over here. So if you're a freshman, if you're a freshman girl, uh, she'll be one of your new uh, leaders as well. And so leaders get to know her, students as well. And then there's Megan. Where's Megan? Megan's right there. And she'll be working also with the sophomore girls as well. So welcome them. And uh, yeah, I, I love you guys too. Thank you for saying that. Um, I'm talking to these guys down here, not you ladies back there. Um, they said they love me, so I was saying it back. Okay, also, if you, uh, if you did not pick up a discussion sheet, we actually have them up here on the stage. We pass them out during the worship time, but if you need one, they're right up here on the stage. Okay, all right, moving on. Luke 15 is a story that's about a father and two sons. Jesus tells this story in a really interesting circumstance. The Pharisees are mad at Jesus for spending time with the obvious sinners of the day. And so to teach them a lesson, Jesus tells this really incredible, profound story. And so the story, real simple uh, summary, there's an older son, a younger son, there's a father. The younger son says, I want my inheritance now. Father gives it to him. The younger son goes off and squanders the wealth, returns broken to the father. The father receives him back in. At this point, the older son gets angry about the father's grace. And Jesus, by telling the story, was trying to point out to the Pharisees that essentially he's receiving sinners into his midst just like the father was receiving the younger son back into the family. And that just like the older son was angry about his grace, that is the exact same sin of the Pharisees. They're angry about God's grace. Can you imagine getting angry about God's grace? I know none of us ever struggle with that, do we? We never get angry that God shows certain people grace, right? And so we've seen in the story that in life there are essentially two kinds of people, rule keepers and rule breakers. And I mentioned to you a few weeks ago that I lean more towards the rule keeper mindset. That's my sin. That's my sin struggle, right? Now you might think, well, what's wrong with keeping rules? That's a good thing, right? Well, it, it can be if your heart's right. But if your heart's not right, then the rules don't, keeping the rules don't really matter, do they? But here's the crazy part. If you don't know who my wife is, if you're kind of new, my wife's right over here. You can raise your hand, Courtney. Just, just raise your hand just so they know who you are, okay? 
because there's new people here. They don't know who you are and so on. So that's Courtney. She's my wife. She's incredible. Um, but, I mean, her, her story is the opposite, really. Her story is that she was kind of the rule breaker in high school. And if you ask her, she'll tell you. She was one of those kids that kind of pushed the envelope a little bit. You know, her parents said to do this. She's like, forget that, you know. Um, so she has a different story than what I have. And, but at some point in her life, she, she would say she walked away from Christ about what, middle, 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 middle of the way through high school, correct? Is that what you would say? Or before that? Late junior high. And, uh, and then all the way through middle of college, she walked away from Christ. And then at some point, Christ got a hold of her, and she just was broken. And, and you can say that Christ returned to her. She returned to Christ, whatever word you want to use. But she came back to Christ, and she gave her life to him in a different way at that point. And so I think it's so cool how God brings people together that have opposite stories so I'm kind of the rule breaker mindset or rule keeper mindset. She's more of the rule breaker mindset. And we've got to learn to show each other grace, right? So when I get legalistic and self-righteous, even she has to show me grace sometimes, which that hardly ever happens, right? But, um, but she has to show, it has to go both ways, right? So, um, so here's what I want you to understand, though, with this, with this story. There are two ways to be lost, there's the older son mindset and the younger son mindset. She and I were both lost in different ways. I was lost because I was putting my faith in my good works and not in Jesus. She was lost because she was just rejecting Jesus outright and doing her own thing. We were both lost but in different ways. And here, here's my fear for, for many of you in the room, okay, is that everyone's personality leans towards one or the other, rule breaker, a rule keeper, younger son or older son. But here's my fear, is that you might spend your entire Christian life just going back and forth between being like the older son or being by, like the younger son, being like the older son, being like the younger son, and you never really get the gospel. M- my biggest fear in the room is that for those of you that lean toward the younger son mindset, that you will just... Come to a place where you say, okay, I've got to clean up my life. My life's in shambles right now. I've got to get it together and make this thing work. And you start to become like the older son, and you totally just get, you don't even get the gospel. You don't even understand motive or heart change. You don't even get the gospel whatsoever. You just change the externals, and your life looks pretty good on the outside. And you live the rest of your life as like the older son. On the flip side, my fear for those of you that are more like the the older son right now, you're the rule keeper, is that you might just say, you know what, I don't really have an exciting testimony. I need to get some sin on, right? And you just, you go and live certain ways, and just so you can have a cool story to tell, so you can have, you know, I did this, I tried this, but then I came back to Jesus, right? Meanwhile, your heart is still far from God. Your heart is still far from him. And so the question we're going to try to wrestle with this morning is, how do you escape this cycle of just, quote, Christians just going back and forth between older son mindset, younger son mindset? Older son mindset, younger son mindset. How do you escape this lostness that we're in? So the first thing I want you to know is this. Here's what you need to understand. You have to understand grace. Go to my next slide. 
you have to understand what true grace is. When I say grace, what I mean is unmerited favor, undeserved favor. This means that you cannot do anything in your, on your own to earn your salvation with Christ. Nothing. There is nothing that you can do to earn your salvation with Christ. Grace is undeserved favor from God. Go to the next slide. What I want you to see from this story is that God shows grace to younger sons and to older sons. Most of us get the story that, yeah, he shows grace to the younger son because he welcomes him back into the family. The father does. But most of us don't get that the father in the story still shows grace to the older son. He is still standing outside saying to him, please come in to the kingdom. He still offers him the kingdom. He still gives the self-righteous jerk of a son, still shows him grace. What he does to the younger son is awesome and incredible. He runs to the younger son, and he does not make the younger son grovel or do some good works first. He just runs to him. He runs to him. He embraces him. He welcomes him back into his family, not as a slave, but as a son once again. And I think some of you need to hear this. If you're more like the younger son, listen to me. If you're, more like, if you're like the younger son, you've done some things, you've tried some things, you've got a rough past. You've got to understand that in this story, when, when the father sees the younger son return, what does he do? He, he runs to him. You've got to understand that Jesus, that's what Jesus does for us. There is nothing that you can do that's so bad in your past that you can say, okay, he'll never receive me back in. There's nothing. You think the cross doesn't cover certain kinds of sin? The cross covers any kind of sin. Listen to me, guys. I want you to get this. That when we see the younger son get received back in by the father in that way, this is exactly what Jesus does for us. There's nothing you can say that's so bad that can separate you from God if you place your faith and your belief and trust in Jesus. And then for you, for you in the room that, are, that I would consider older sons, what I want you to know is that, you see, you see most of us, we, we picture Jesus being, with, being gracious with the obvious sinners. Like, think about the stories in the, in the Gospels where he's with the woman at the well, and he says to her, he says to her words of grace, or the woman caught in adultery, and the men want to come and they want to stone her. And he offers her words of grace. So we see examples of Jesus showing grace to the obvious sinners in that culture. But then with the Pharisees, at least on the outside, it looks like he wants to kick their teeth in, right? It looks like he wants to just totally rip the Pharisees by the words that he uses. But what I will say to you is that I think that we have to understand this. Jesus is not being gracious with the sinners and non-gracious with the Pharisees. He's still showing grace to the Pharisees. It just looks different on the face of it. And what I want you to get, if you're, listen to me real quick. If, if, you're, if you're someone who would, you would consider yourself more like the younger son, I want you to catch this. If you consider yourself more like the younger son, you're like the rebel, the rule breaker. Your temptation will be to look at the older sons that you see in the church and in society 
your temptation will be to judge them in the same way that they judged you, okay? And in a sense, even though you're, you're like the younger son, you become like an older son. You become just as self-righteous as they have become, all right? I'll give you some examples. Have you ever said things like, you know, I don't go to that church over there, or I don't go to that group anymore because those people are so self-righteous. Those people are hypocrites. But, but here's what's, what's happening. Do you hear what's being said behind that statement? What's being said behind that statement is, I'm not like that. I'm not like those people. I'm better than those people. Right? And so in a weird way, it's like you get prideful about your humility. You're like, yeah, look at me. I'm this humble person. And those people over there, they're so self-righteous. And it's like you're judging them for their self-righteousness, right? You know, I learned this in a, in a big way. Um, when I first came to this church, I was like 26 years old. I was a total rookie at this whole pastor thing. And um, there was a, a guy on my leadership team, really good guy. Um, he leaned, kind of like me, he leaned more towards the older brother mindset. And he was young as well, and we started to kind of butt heads a little bit, and it's just, over time I saw that um, he'd make certain people mad on my leadership team. He'd make some students mad. And so over a few months, there was like this building just anger in me that I just wanted to confront him on his older brother mindset. So one day I bring him to my office, and, and I, just, I just ripped into him. I mean, I just ripped into him. And there was a part of it that just felt like, yeah, that's right, you take that. That's how it feels, right? And then someone came alongside me and, and lovingly pointed out to me that I was doing to him the very thing that I was mad at him for, which was judgmentalism, condemnation, self-righteousness. It's like in confronting his, his self-righteousness, I was being self-righteous. How could you, how dare you do something like that, Right? And I heard him. I heard him bad. I had to apologize for it. But I think that's a trap that we fall into is we can so often confront someone in their self-righteousness and be self-righteous ourselves as we do it. So what I want you to do is go ahead and discuss questions one through four. Go ahead and discuss. Go. Okay, I know there's a lot more that can be said on these questions, and if it wasn't 12.05, I would let it continue. Um, let me go to the next point, and we'll do some more discussion here at the end as well. And I like the fact that you guys can just keep on talking about this, because that's a good sign, right? All right, so uh, go to my next slide. The second thing I want you guys to understand this morning is not only do you need to understand, listen up. Not only do you have to understand what true grace is and that God shows grace to older sons and to younger sons, but you also have to understand what true repentance is. To repent means to turn away from sin, but then also turn towards Jesus. It doesn't mean just to turn away from sin to nothing. It means to turn away from sin and turn your life towards Jesus. So you've got to understand what true repentance is. Go to my next slide as well. Write this down. 
We must repent from sinful actions and sinful motives. So for the younger son types, you understand what your sin is. It's forever, there before everyone to see. And you've got to turn, of course, from your sinful actions. But for those that are the older son types, you've also got to repent from your sinful motives. Listen to this. Even when you do good things, if you're the, old, the older son type, there's often sinful motives behind it. So if, you, if you're the older son type, you've got to understand repentance does not just mean turn away from smoking weed, turn away from crack cocaine, turn away from the obvious things in our world, right? It means to turn away from your sinful motives, even when your sinful motives are happening when you're doing good works, good things, okay? Repentance is not just external, but it's also internal as well. Now, what I want you to get from this is that it's not just these two ideas that you need, grace and repentance, but you also need to understand who Jesus is. You need a person that you can turn to, not just ideas, grace, and repentance. You need Jesus. This is who you need, okay? I know this is not a big surprise to you. You're, like, you're not like, really? Jesus? I had no idea, right? That's not a surprise to you, but this is where this whole thing is heading, okay? And I want you to follow my train of thought on this. Listen to me. In Luke chapter 15, there are two stories that we have not read that come before the, the tale of the two sons. These two stories are small parables that Christ told to the same group of people that I mentioned to you before. He talks about a lost coin and a lost sheep. Both stories are something gets lost, someone goes to find the lost thing. When they find it, there's great celebration. But here's what happens. In Luke chapter 15, verse 11, he tells the story of the two sons. Son goes off into a distant, faraway country, but here's what's crazy about the story of the the two sons. No one goes and searches for him. Do you notice that? No one goes and searches for him. And the question is, why not? Who in the story should have gone and searched for the younger son? I'm going to say to you that the older son, if his heart was right, should have been the one to sacrifice and to go and search for his brother who was lost. That's what should have happened if it was real life. But that's not what happened. You know, in, uh, in 1964, in the Vietnam War, there was a guy, uh, Lieutenant Daniel Dawson, who was an American pilot. He was shot down over Vietnam. He had a brother named Donald back here in the States. When his brother Donald heard about the tragedy, he sold everything that he had, left his wife and his kids, and flew over to Vietnam in search of his brother. He put on guerrilla warfare gear. He was dressed like a soldier trying to find his brother. In fact, he became known even among the enemies as just known as the brother because everyone knew what this guy was trying. He was trying to find his missing brother. So even the enemies would respect him and not try to kill him because they respected his mission to find his missing sibling. So he searched the jungles of Vietnam for upwards of nine months, sold everything he had, looking, looking for his brother. And for four of those months, he spent in a prison camp being held because they thought he was a spy. But over the course of that nine-month period, he never found his brother. In fact, at one point, he he, he was told that his brother was shot down and he was then killed. 
Once he found out this news, he then returned back to his family in the States. But this is what should have happened with the tale of the two sons. The older son should have gone after, sold everything he had, gone after, done whatever it took to go after his brother to find him, to bring him back home. This is what the older brother should have done. But that's not what he did because he was a self-righteous, legalistic Pharisee. He was the older son. Now, can you imagine if, if no one came and searched for us when you and I stray? Can you imagine if, if God never searched and pursued us when you and I stray in the same way? Here's the good news. Go to my next slide. What I want you to get from this is that Jesus is our true older brother. Jesus is the one who takes it upon himself. He bears the cost himself, and he searches after us, and he pursues us. I think it's safe to say there's people in this room right now who, right now, you've walked away from God. You, you've turned your back on God. You've, you've abandoned your faith, and you're walking away from God even now as we speak. But I want you to know something this morning is that Jesus is pursuing you. I think there's a reason why you're here this morning. You're not here by accident. I think that Jesus is pursuing you. He's trying to stir things in your heart right now to draw you back to him. He's using his word to do it. He's using his spirit to do it. You are not here by accident. He is stirring something in you, convicting you of sin, drawing you back into a relationship with him. And so I want to just tell you this morning, if, if you're like the older son or the younger son, it does not matter. You both still need the grace of Jesus Christ. And I want you to see this morning just what Jesus gave up as our true older brother to pursue you and to chase after you. Read this with me. Look at the screen. Our true older brother paid our debt on the cross in our place. There Jesus was stripped naked of his robe and dignity so that we could be clothed with a dignity and standing we don't deserve. Next slide. On the cross, Jesus was treated as an outcast so that we could be brought into God's family freely by grace. There, Jesus drank the cup of eternal justice so that we might have the cup of the Father's joy. There was no other way for the Heavenly Father to bring us in except at the expense of our true older brother. This is what Jesus did. Forgiveness is never free. It always costs something, and it costs Jesus his life. You know, when you read that, I want to ask you the question, does it affect you? Does it, does it strike you? How, how do you feel when you, when you read that statement? Jesus is pursuing you. What are you going to do? Are you going to reject him? Or are you going to receive him? Are you going to rebel against him or submit your life to him? That is the question at stake this morning. Whether you are the younger son or the older son, Jesus is the only way home. He's the only way home. And so what I want to leave you with this morning, let's go to my next slide, is uh, if there's anything you get from this whole series, it's this. I want you to write this down and print it into your brain. What we must learn from this whole story is that the difference between religion and the gospel, I hate the word religion. When people say things to me like, are you religious? I'm like, no, I'm not religious. I'm about Jesus. Religion is all about works. The gospel is not. Jesus is not about that. So here's the difference. Religion is this. I obey, therefore I'm accepted by God. I do things to gain favor with God. This is the older son mindset. That is religion. The gospel is this. 
I'm accepted by God through the work of Jesus Christ, therefore I obey. The gospel is, I am so just in love with Jesus because of what he's done for me on the cross, and that is my motive to obey him. It's all about motive. It's all about motive. And if you are sitting here this morning and you're, and you're wondering, okay, well, how do I, how do, I do that? How do, I, how do I give my life to him in that way? If you've been living the older son mindset and you thought it was Christianity, he's calling you to repent this morning. He's calling you to turn from the older son mindset and turn to Jesus. Because you cannot earn your salvation. And so what I want you to know this morning is that I want you guys to have a gospel grid that you think and live through your life. So when someone comes to you and says, you know, I've been trying to do all these things or I'm trying to get my life right, I'm trying to clean up my life and, and do some good things and get my life in order, you can say, an alarm bell will go off in your head and you go, hey, dude, that's not the gospel. The gospel is not just clean your life up so you can get your life in order. That's not the gospel. The gospel is turn your life over to Jesus, let him change you. That's the gospel. If there's anything I want you to get, it is this. This is the gospel that there's nothing you can do to earn salvation, that because of his love for you and his death on the cross for you, that something in you is sparked, the Holy Spirit sparking that conviction in you. You want to give your life to him and you want to follow him. You want to surrender your life to him. You want to submit your life to him. And if you're sitting here this morning and you say, but okay, I get all that, but how do I actually do that? I, don't, I, I feel nothing in my heart for Christ. If you feel nothing in your heart for Christ, then the first prayer you should pray is this. Go home today, get on your knees and say, Jesus, right now I feel nothing for you. I don't really even desire you, but I want to desire you. I, I want you in my life. You do that today. That is the first prayer that you should pray because you're right. You can't just turn a switch and just make it happen. It's not about you. It's about you submitting yourself to him and going to him and asking him to change you. That's the first prayer you should be praying today if you're not sure where you stand with Jesus Christ today. With that said, go ahead and discuss your last three questions and then pray to close out your tables at the end. Thanks, guys.